Good morning, everyone. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and welcome to the Be The One You Need podcast. As you know, we are doing a new series, Shift Into Self-Care 2022. Uh, We are ending and winding up 2021. And um, as you know, I like to every year uh, when we're about 60 days out, 30 days out from the new year, I like to engage you to start thinking about your next year now. And I've got a great guest coming up today, and uh, she's going to really help you with some things that really feed into how to take better care of yourself. And um, it's Self-Care Sunday, and every Self-Care Sunday, it's a day that we pause, we reflect, and don't forget to set your clocks back tonight as well, fall back, spring forward, um, because now we're going to get into the winter months. Um, Dr. Suzanne Nixon, and I call her doctor because... She's a doctor of healing. She's a doctor of help. She's a doctor of care. She's an integrative psychotherapist. Um, She has a great new podcast that you want to check out called Quiet Waters. I love it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that when I have her on here. But um, Suzanne is is a friend. She lives here in uh, Virginia with me. Um, She's very busy in her practice. But she, she has a unique practice because she is certainly a therapist. But she also deals with the whole self, holistic care, holistic healing. And that's what I think makes her so special. So, Suzanne, welcome to the show again. And I hope you're doing well today. Thank you, Sophia. I am doing wonderful. I'm having a great morning and went outside and greeted the frost and then ran back right into my house and put on my sweaters. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely sweater weather. I I have the fireplace on. It's a beautiful Sunday uh, morning on this self-care Sunday. So let's get right into it because I like to keep these podcasts tight so that our guests uh, really take notes and get some life tools, what I call tools for the emotional intelligence toolbox. Uh, of self-care. So I think one of the first things, Suzanne, that's important is um, tell us a little bit about integrative psychotherapy. What does that mean exactly? Well, what that means is, and you'll hear that often in medicine, an integrative physician. So an integrative psychotherapist is a person like myself who is trained in the conventional methods and approaches of doing therapy, like we all know, cognitive therapy and uh, behavioral therapy. But the integrative part means that I also studied holistic principles and wellness principles, and I incorporate that into my practice. So years past, 20, 30 years ago, I used to do massage work and healing practices, energy medicine. I no longer do massage, but I work with people's energies. I try to understand what's happening within the field of their anxiety and depression. And we do mindfulness and meditation and holistic practices to work with energy fields as well as to do talk therapy. Very good. Um, I think that's so important because so many people post the pandemic. uh, We know that the pandemic took a toll on everybody. Uh, The numbers are daunting when you think about depression, suicide, domestic violence, just a lot of really bad responses to this uh, once in a generation phenomena of this pandemic. And I want to get into uh, that a little bit as well, but we'll save that more for the end and talking about the effects of the pandemic. But I guess my first question is, can you define what self-care actually is and is not? Yeah, I think of self-care as self-love. It is loving yourself. And I, and I think of it as three principles. First, it's accepting yourself. 
Because as we know, so many times we go into our critic mind, we go into self-judgment, we make up stories about ourselves that aren't true, and we believe those stories. So we first have to look at accepting ourselves, getting rid of all these negative stories or made-up stories we have, and really coming into ourselves and beginning to know ourselves, to self-love ourselves based on the true story of who we are. Because our judgments hold us back from accepting ourselves, which hold us back from caring for ourselves which hold us back from loving ourselves the second thing i think of is self-care is about treating yourself with kindness we spend so much of our time thinking of others helping others and treating them with kindness that we have to turn towards ourselves we have to turn towards ourselves and treat us with kindness and also with self-compassion um, and i think that a lot of people just forget about you know, the self-compassion for self. We must start to love ourselves. And the third thing is in self-care is you have to make yourself a priority. We also tend to put other people's needs above our own. We put work above our own. We put our children, our grandchildren above our, our own self. We need to start making time for ourselves and make us a priority. And those are really the components of self-care. You know, um, as you were talking, I'm sitting here nodding my head because I'm guilty of all those things you talk about, as are <laughs> we all. And uh, I think that um, self-care has become commercialized in the sense of have a spa day, have a glass of wine. I think all those things are great, but I think you're talking about self-care on a much deeper level. And am I correct that doing those external things matter, but it's really internal work self-care is? Absolutely. Self-care is first allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to be still, to tap inside to yourself, to connect and to go into a place of self-inquiry and find out really who you are first and what you need, what this beautiful soul, this beautiful physical being of you really needs and connecting in and then moving out from that. So some of the practices are not going to the spa, are not a doing thing, it's a being thing. So mm -hmm. self-care is first being and then putting practices perhaps into doing, but it's being still, it's taking time to rest. It's taking time to be in nature. It's allowing yourself to drift off and to dream. These basic things of self-care are the inner journey as well as the outer manifestation of the journey. Yeah, that's so good, that's so good. And that brings up the next question that I have. It's, it's a good segue. Um, you know, you talk to a lot of people as do I, you see people in your practice, you are engaged in the community as am I. And one of the biggest things I hear mostly from women, less from men, is the guilt that they feel, particularly as moms, particularly as married women or women balancing a whole lot. There's a lot of guilt around taking care of self. And I've literally encountered people on social media who have attacked me because they say, well, selfish isn't what you need to be and I'm like no 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 we're not talking about selfish we're talking about self-care people are very conditioned particularly women to not put self first can you talk about how to help people deal with uh, getting away from that guilt yeah first I, you know I, I hear the same thing as you do and you know the selfishness is you know just a bunch of malarkey you're not being selfish when you're self-caring and a really interesting study that was done um, looked at the people that go to the emergency room uh, or go to their primary care doctors most of the people that go with illnesses are rooted back to the fact that they're not caring for themselves 
that they're not implementing lifestyle behaviors that are good for the soul and good for right. the body and the mind. And so what people to move out of self-guilt to realize that first, this is about self-caring for yourself so that you can stay well in your mind and body and not live in the doctor's office. So I think the orientation of going back to you cannot offer anything to anybody unless you yourself Amen. are doing well, right? Amen. Amen. You gotta show up for yourself. Yeah, and it, but but again, it's a socialization, right, Suzanne? I mean, women, particularly in your generation and mine, maybe less so with Gen Z, Gen Y and Gen Z, but women, young women have a lot more options and are freer than we were and could be. But it's a socialization process that still says, women should take care of everything. And the pandemic really did a number on women. The workforce numbers dropped by about three, four million women dropped out of the workforce. They had to, they were forced to choose between caring for their families and pursuing careers. And can you just get into that a little bit, how socialization of men and women, how we're socialized not to take care of ourselves as women? Uh well, a couple of things first. First, the, the women's brain, the feminine brain is very different than the men's brain. So, you know, we have more synapses that connect the right and the left side of the brain. So we are more built for relationships. We are built to have relationships where men are not as astute in that. And so we have more skill sets. So when we're built in relationships and we have the synapses that are going you know, back and forth between the brain, we also then go back into our heart. And our heart is pulled to, women's hearts are pulled to nurture other people, to care on other people. It's our natural basic instinct, which is good which we love that about ourselves. It's a wonderful quality to have. And then we have to realize that that goodness of heart care to others has to come towards ourselves. And we are socialized to be certain women. And we have to start to realize that who's who socialized us? I mean, is this not coming from the patriarchy? Who socialized us to take care of everybody? Who socialized us not to have a job outside of the home if we choose to want one? Who socialized us that all the mothering responsibilities are ours and not jointly shared with our partner. We have to look at the patriarch of which we lived. I really firmly believe that because I think that's the root of some of this guilt. Well, then you're not being a good woman or a good mother or a good wife if you don't do these things. And that's a conditioning. That's a conditioning. That's not our authentic nature. Yes, our authentic nature is to nurture, is to provide, but it's also to do it in balance to do it in balance in the world. And so I think women have to stand up to themselves and stand up in their women's circles and stand up to some of the men in the world that are telling them that story. That's not the true story. Yeah, I agree. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I think it's really good for people to hear someone again with your background and with your training and your understanding of the human brain. You know, I've been reading a great book by Oprah and uh, Dr. Bruce Perry called uh, What Happened to You? And it deals with the trauma of childhood and talking about how the brain from the time we're small that develops and into our adulthood and the, the impact and the effects of trauma in our lives. And I hear from a lot of people that are traumatized and we're living in a time, uh, Suzanne, where trauma happens every day on social media and, and otherwise we're very violent, very angry, very uh, uh, hostile, upset. Uh, you know, people flipping you the bird when you're driving the car, there's road rage. Everybody seems to be really, really angry. And, and you know, you've seen me write about this, talk about this. I know you encounter this. 
it's the cancel culture it's the the way we come after people there's there's very little empathy there's very little forgiveness and grace there's just i'm going to destroy you what's happening in our culture uh particularly during this pandemic it, it seems like it's really gotten a lot worse um what what's going on with us why is everybody so damn angry what's, what's happening <laughs> yeah you know you, you've just said so much so much really great stuff and i love that oprah has um you know co-authored this book and it's on my list to read it's but fabulous one, great and one thing to just what she's referring to or what they're both referring to is something called aces adverse childhood experiences and when they look back at trauma and they look back at our childhood they see that most people have had adverse childhood experiences which are traumatic experiences and if they are not dealt with or we don't have a community of belonging where we can get support and help then those traumas live within our body mind they live within the tissue they live within the brain and then at some point in time those traumas get triggered and when they get triggered we go into an emotional reactivity um state state and then we become more angry we become more sad we become more infuriated so i think what's happened is that the anger and the rage in part is due to so many people having unresolved traumas that are living with them and they get activated when something totally outrageous something they totally don't want uh is now in their world they are now presented with they now have to deal with it and they're saying oh no i don't want to deal with this you know and the anger just starts to come and they don't have enough skill sets to emotionally regulate to deal with their emotions and to be able to express them appropriately and they go out and they're flipping the bird or they're screaming or yelling or they're protesting at parent conferences or whatever mm-hmm. in violent ways mm-hmm. and so i think it's trauma unresolved got head on crash with a pandemic that nobody was prepared for and nobody knew how to handle it right and i think look you and i live in loudon county virginia and i i told folks for a year that the governor's race probably was going to have the outcome that it did that social cultural issues were top of mind and uh we live right here where it all happened at the school board meetings anger yelling arrest stuff you've never seen before and i think some of this gets back to the lack of certainly what you just said but seems like people are operating from a place of exhaustion Suzanne they're operating from a place of lack and not a place of plenty um you have this amazing podcast called Quiet Waters and i i want you to talk a little bit about what it means you know you hear people say all the time shift into your purpose shift into your next shift into your your your, your happy place all these shift we talk a lot about shifting and what does it mean to shift into self-care or shift into a better place what is shifting in the context of you know finding that place where we're not exhausted where we we're not operating from a place of lack but really a place of wholeness and healing and and what is it and then how how do we do it what is it how do we do it <laughs> yeah um so when i think of shifting and, and you've talked about it in a different way in some of your podcasts about making that pivot or let's pivot right there so i think shifting is a series of pivots and they've accumulated a series of, of pivots and it's really the process of reorienting yourself shifting is a process of reorienting yourself and that you have to embrace the fact and the truth that you have the power to choose 
how you want to be. You have the power to choose how you want to show up, what you want to think,、uh, positively or negatively, lack or abundance. You have the power to decide how you want to feel. Our emotions are not set. You have the power to choose how you want to feel, and then how do you want to express yourself? So shifting is beginning to realize that you are in charge of your own narrative. That you are in charge of your narrative every day of your life. What story do you want to write about? How you want to show up, how you want to be, and how you want to behave in the world. So many people are, yeah, looking at lack or looking at, at abundance, and our world has both of those. I mean, we always have the opposite of one another. The tension of living the opposites. There'll be times when we may feel lacking, or times we may feel. Abundant. The what really matters is being aware of that moment. In that moment, be aware of, and I talk about this in the podcast. Be aware of the moment of ah, I feel lacking, and then stop for a second. Be still for a second. Inquire what is this about, and then you sit with it. And as you actually sit with this、uh, feeling or thought of lacking, it begins to subside, and you can welcome in then. The shift and the change towards the more positive. So when we run away, when we deny, when we don't look at things, they become greater. If we keep look, on stop, stop, put 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 a pin in that. That's an Oprah. Oprah would say that's an aha moment. Go back to that again. You said something profound. When we deny, what happens? What happens when we don't deal with stuff? What'd you say? When we happen, it 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 sinks back into our body mind when we deny, and over time, it gets bigger. It grows. It's like we're feeding it. We're giving it fertilizer. So what we deny will persist. What we resist will persist. What we resist persists. So we must. And that's good, folks. That's good. I don't mean to interrupt <laughs> my guests, but I need you to really pause and think about that because we live. Listen, I grew up in a family like this of、uh, what, what I call ostrich mentality, which is you know nuclear bombs going off all over the place, all kind of dysfunction, and if we just ignore. Uncle so and so's alcoholism, or if we just ignore dad's,、uh, you know, outrage all the time and anger and violent behavior, and if we just ignore these things and we wake up the next day and pretend they didn't happen, they'll all go away, and they don't. They get worse and worse and worse. And I think so many people live their lives in that space, which is if I just ignore this and pretend it's not happening, it'll go away. Can can you help them to know that that's not going to work? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's it's not going to work, and it actually you're feeding it so that in your case, if you know you you have a father that say is yelling or screaming, or parents are yelling, yelling and screaming, and you just ignore it and shut it down, it's still inside the body. It's still still inside the cellular tissue of you, and so it's just going to stay there and and keep on cultivating and growing bit and bigger and bigger and bigger. So you have to recognize that, and and the whole thing with mindfulness is having the ability to come into awareness. Have the ability that all of us had imperfect childhoods. I had imperfect childhood. My parents were alcoholic, and then how did that affect me? And then looking at some of their behaviors, and how did that add to my self development? And then stopping and going into curiosity, being curious about that, being still, coming into awareness, and look at how perhaps that affected me in a way that was harmful, and then how I can shift. From that harm into something more positive. What did I learn? What were the lessons? How can I befriend it in such a way to create the positive lesson and then live that positive lesson instead of all this regret and this anger and the sadness of this is what happened to me? That's BS. We got to let go of that. Let、mm. go of it and be with the new self that you want to cultivate. Learn from the lessons that were hard. 
that's good that's good folks listen um i could keep suzanne on here talking for hours but we will have her back um i want you to check out her podcast quiet water suzanne where can they find the podcast where can they listen it's on spotify buzzsprout apple stitches everywhere okay everywhere and um, folks, I mean it. Um, she does some really good work there because this integrative psychotherapy is different from just your basic going and sitting down and doing the old, you know, Freudian or or Socratic method or whatever type of methods therapists use to to analyze, to listen, to get things out of you. It's more interactive. You're more engaged. And uh, you know, if you have the Calm app on your phone, as many of you do, I do. I love just the quiet sounds of the water, et cetera, uh, the stories. Suzanne, as you leave out from us, tell us why is something like the Calm app so uh, powerful where people just listen to the sounds and the, what, what is that actually doing to our brain to help us to feel better when we're, you know, listening to someone read us a bedtime story or whatever, you know, you're doing. Why is that so important to help with our self-care and to help us to feel better? Because the truth is, we are made up of frequencies. When you look at energy medicine, you look at Einstein, and you know everything is made up of energy. We are energy beings, and we are frequencies. We're vibrations. We're sensations inside the body. Mm-hmm. So that is our basic matrix. That is our patterning. And then we form into mass, and we have these bodies. So when you hear certain vibrations, when you hear these nourishing sounds, when you go out in nature, that we are nature, and you are then just having a conversation or listening to nature which is your friend which is part of you so we we tend to think of nature being separate that tree separate from us no the tree is a living organism we're a living living organism we're all nature we're all from the earth and then we get very soothed by that because it orients us to the quietness of who we really are and the same thing with all these wonderful apps these quiet musics or some or somebody's you know, leading a, a guided meditation, that vibration of sound is something we can relate to and begins to settle us down. And our brain loves it. Our brain loves moments of stillness. And in moments of real pure stillness, the brain stops thinking. And real pure sounds that we can really identify with, the brain stops thinking. And it goes into a state of rest, which, of course, then begins to boost the brain and over time adds to our resiliency. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I mean, I've noticed when I put the Calm app on and I just listen, you know, I like the sound of the rain is one of my favorites um, or just the sound of the water, you know, running like a waterfall or something. And I'll go to sleep in a matter of minutes. And if I'm otherwise trying to fall asleep on my own, I can't make it happen, right? So you're right. I love the word you use, nourishing. Great word. Um, And so I think that um, this has been an amazing chat, folks. This is one we're going to replay a couple times because there's just some really good nuggets in here. And so, Suzanne, how can folks follow you on social media or contact you if they, you know, are interested in your practice, et cetera, here locally? You can go to my website, which is SuzanneNixon.com. 
I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram. I don't do a lot of social media only because I'm really devoting a lot of time to my clients、mm-hmm. and doing a lot of podcasts、Smart、and meditations.、Um, yeah, well, yeah, my friends now are starting to shut down social media. I'm not、yeah. quite there, but、um, yeah. well, I really want to invite you to come to the Quiet Waters podcast because I have just meditations.、Yes. And, you know, my intention is to keep on helping people calm their mind and nourish themselves. And, you know, self care, I just love the fact that Sophie. That you're doing the self care. It's so important. We must care for our souls and ourselves. Well, thank you. I, I, I've taken away some, some real nuggets here. I'm taking notes myself.、Um, and、uh, I'll make sure that we tweet out some of the、uh, things that you share.、Uh, folks, uh, this is a good one. And I, I want to leave you with the word nourishing. I really like that word. Nourish your soul, nourish yourself. Nourish your relationships. And when you do that, when you nourish, what does nourish mean? You feed yourself. It's like when you're hungry, you eat, but you want to nourish. And so, nourish your soul and nourish yourself means, as Suzanne said at the outset, you have more to give. If you're pouring from an empty cup, you don't have anything to give anybody. So, nourishment is a real good takeaway from this podcast. I love it. Suzanne, thank you. I will see you soon. And、uh, we're going to have you back many times. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Really enjoy what you're doing. You bet. Bye bye. Bye bye.